0: Hello and welcome to the Rambling Runner Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Chittam, and this is the podcast for all the dedicated amateur runners out there who are working hard to get better while balancing running with the rest of our lives. Big shout out to Inside Tracker for sponsoring this episode. I love that company. They can help me and help you find out exactly what's going on inside your body as they check all of your biomarkers and it's just such a useful thing not only to find out what's happening now but to compare it to what's happened in the past. You can measure how far you've come or maybe how you've dipped and then also log where you're going to be going. I know I use it all the time and so can you if you use code Rambling Runner. You can save 25% on all inside tracker tests. That's a huge percentage, and it's absolutely worth it. That's code ramblingrunner at inside tracker.com. Now, here we are, back with our monthly episode with Jess Mena. I swear, next week, I'm sorry, next week, next month, we'll have an official title for these episodes. But no matter but the fact that we have a title, don't have one. The fact of the matter is, is that Jess is an absolute ball of fire. I love her energy, her excitement, her enthusiasm, and today is no different. We dive into group runs, forming a group, joining a group, all of those things before we dive into strength training for runners. And this is a, a huge topic for a lot of people, and it's one that we, we definitely dive into in this episode, and you're definitely going to want to hear it. So let's get into it with Jess Mena all right we are back with jess mena this is gonna be great jess let's do it
1: i'm so stoked let's do it i'm ready speaking of ready i i can't
0: help but notice i'm always you know i'm following you and the algorithm knows it's always lets me know when jess mena stuff is out <laughs> i don't even need to press the notification button it's there it's already there <laughs> so anyone who follows you knows this especially people in around your area know this you got a lot of stuff going on over there Last time we talked, we did a full deep dive into the Speed Project, but I think it was really interesting. A lot of people talked about, like, they were not they were aware of it, but they didn't really know the details, which was kind of the point of the Speed Project. However, now you're on something else, which is very public in a sense, but something that a lot of people don't get into, and this is the whole group running thing. You got a little thing going on. Before we take a deep dive, what was kind of the genesis of this, and what, what's going on over there?
1: Okay, LA is ginormous, and um, there is a pretty big suburb, we call it the valley. Everyone knows about the valley. Everyone talks anyone, about anyone, the valley. Anyone
0: my age group knows Clueless. They think the valley, they think okay. Clueless. That's yeah. it. That's my age. That's my
1: age group. That's what it is. And um, I think I've gotten to the point where I've invested so much time and dedicating, you know, my efforts and my training to the, like, L.A. urban city. And I thought, I live in the valley. It's 30, 40 minutes away. We spent an hour and a half, two hours in traffic just to make training. Like, why isn't the valley a running hub. Why isn't it? And so I know many, many runners out here um who run in the valley and we all travel to LA. So I said, I'm just gonna start this thing. It really kind of started with um me having really bad experiences with being harassed in the streets, to be honest. That's how it all started. I got harassed, I keep getting harassed, and then I had to have my husband come out and run with me and I thought there's runners here running right now. Why don't I just start a running group and try to make it a safe place for not just women, but anybody who wants to train and continue training to run together um, safely. And that's how it really started. So I started about a month, a month and a half ago, small group, and it's slowly been growing. Um, it's been really cool to integrate like my community and doing art mural runs and our local, you know, park runs. So that's, how it started just the idea of like we got to do something about this
0: i love that I, lo- I love how it started from like this point of negativity but you're bringing all the positive all the positive <laughs> stuff too yeah. was there like a breaking point like can you again if it's too graphic or whatever you don't have to you know say the details but was there like a breaking point like like this was a paradigm shifting moment or was there just kind of like a it's the same as it always is but just enough is enough
1: I think it was a combination of different things. I think I was a little frustrated and stressed out about commuting. And I think my team knew how upset I was. I would just show up to the track pissed. I was just in traffic. You guys are telling me to do this BS track track workout. I'm tired. And then it became, you know, a man following me in a car, a man showing me, you know, his privates and calling me bad words and me being afraid of like, should I come and run this route? And I I ended up having this conversation on Instagram and asking, you know, all my fellow female runners and 84%, I still have my little poll, 84%. So 87 women said they've been harassed. And I thought, this is crazy. This is crazy that all of us are just okay with being harassed. And uh, that in combination with me being frustrated with driving in traffic um, was just like the perfect combination for me to just decide to do it and not be afraid of if one person shows up, I don't care. It's one person that, that I'm helping. Um, so it's actually been a nice turnout and I hope it continues to grow out here in the Valley. That's my, my goal now at this point.
0: So how do you organize a group to kind of besides like you want good people in there, obviously you have to arrange all this. We'll talk about a little bit of that, about that in a second, but you know, to like, obviously you can't control what passerbys are going to say, as much as we may want to. So how do you go about putting your your group and yourself in a position where hopefully all this stuff is minimized, if not completely eliminated?
1: I think it's better like, you know, when they say uh, the more people or bigger numbers, it's more effective. I think it's not going to change anything per se, but I think someone who's going to say something is less likely to say something to a group of people versus an individual person, right? So for example, our ladies, we have 13, 14 women that show up, we haven't had any harassment from the ladies who run together. But if I were to run tomorrow, I guarantee you, I'm experiencing something. It's just kind of like a you know, it, this is a coward personality of people who want to harass, um, others, but yeah. So I don't, I don't know if we're going to deter anything, uh, permanently, but I think showing up in numbers is just going to help maybe bring the conversation. I think the idea eventually is to force the conversation and having gentlemen and the guys show up to our runs and talking about it. I think they'll be able to talk to their friends or their families or their brothers, uncles, you know cousins whatever about like yo that's not cool you know if you just see something maybe it'll help motivate people to talk about it and you know i don't know i think i just want to bring up the conversation and shake it up a little bit you know
0: right like see see if you see something say something yeah kind of feel
1: yeah i guess yeah
0: yeah no for, I, absolutely yeah so i mean that makes a lot of sense and you mentioned before like you have like 13 to 14 ladies When you were starting this, did you envision it as like kind of a women's group or is this just kind of like the the jumping off point? Like how does, how are you working that out?
1: I think right now I'm pretty motivated about trying to help women, but it's really hard for me to just say it's just a women's group. I think my goal is for it to eventually develop into maybe it being a starting point of, okay, now we have a ladies group. Why don't we just make, expand it and make a track night? or a trail day um and make it more inviting to other people because i've had a few guys who say oh i heard it's a ladies run i haven't gone because of that mm-hmm. and i'm like oh so there's people interested outside of ladies i just assume I have, that i would because-
0: say I, I have recommended yeah. it to some people because i was unaware of that yeah. I, I was aware but unaware i was like oh just if just if this is a good person just is gonna be cool with it and i guess oh, so it's kind of just kinda like hey you should you go with, with just she's doing she's doing some stuff in your area
1: No, but I think it's so cool because having guys there, I feel is so supportive, you know, to not only the women, but I think it's just the running community itself. I feel if, yes, it's a, it's a, maybe something that happens more often to women, but it doesn't mean that guys or the gentlemen won't support us or they're not included or they're not invited. Um, I think it's just, again, like a topic of conversation where it's just a way to maybe talk about it more often. Um, but I think eventually my goal is to, really for this to be just the beginning of really trying to develop a solid running community in the valley
0: i love this now so many people who have never been in a running club or are self-conscious in some way whether it's about their pace or about any anything that's going on with them i can imagine and i've been there are like i don't know if i should do this and like you know, like I, I'm not that fast or like, I've never been part of a group before. Or like I've never done, No, you guys are out there, not you guys running dirt roads and some trails, some, seems like some light trails. um, not super technical, but like, I've never done that before. What if they're doing hills or I'm not at my best right now? I don't want people to think like, you know, some people just get self-conscious, right? Sometimes like we may be fine, but we're like, I'm not at my best. I want to go till I'm at my best. Right. So, so when you have, or and there's probably a million other things, a million other hurdles that people um, want to clear before they, before they They join. um, What are some of the things that you tell folks who are kind of weighing the options, but you could tell just don't have that confidence yet um, to do it?
1: I've gotten so many messages of everybody asking me like, hey, I'm not that fast. And I'm like, just come out. Everyone here that shows up to these runs, it's not like a track day where we're trying to go for a PR. It's just a way for us to run together. It could be, if you want to run fast, you go for it. The route is already set. It's marked. You can't get lost. Um, and I usually try to stay in the back. So I run pretty, I run a, a lot slower on those days. Um, just to try to make people feel like, look, I'm not here to run or compete with anybody. And that's not the purpose of this running group. It's not to try and compete with you and see who runs fastest. It's just to get out there, stay active. I've had women bring their grandmas. They come with their strollers. And I think that's almost the best thing because I'm like, oh, this is the kind of people that I want to inspire is people who maybe feel uncomfortable or scared. This is almost for you.
0: Right. And hey, if you're listening to this, you know, Jess can talk. This has been the deal, right? You've been on the show a couple of times. <laughs> Even if you're shy, you, you don't need to fill the air. Can, we can, you can just go. And uh, that's another thing that, that sometimes people don't do this. And I know I'm one of them as well. And this is just like the whole idea of like joining a group, especially a group that's established, right? Like, oh, but I'm not going to know anybody. I'm not going to know what to say. All these people already know each other. Again, this is like I'm not I'm not like belittling those ideas or thoughts. I've had them myself many times. But I feel like those oftentimes are instead of being a legitimate reason not to do it, they are easy things to hold on to that are that are potentially just holding you back. And then once you're in the mix, you're going to be like, why did why did I let that reason stop me?
1: Right. And that's what happens. Everyone's so inviting. If you comment, I'm not going to be the one person that's just going to ignore you. I'm like, hey, how are you? I'm just nice. Thanks for coming. Here's some Gatorade. We're going to do a raffle. What's your name? Like, it's so inviting and everyone's super nice. I don't think I've ever been, well, I'll take that back. I've been to a few clubs who are a little bit more um, clicky. Um, and I think those are the more established groups who have gained a lot of popularity and they start really kind of um engaging more of the elitist runners i think those are a little bit more intimidating i've stopped going to a few runs because I start feeling like that and i knew oh, that's not what i want i'm not an elite run group i'm i'm a, a group for the community to just help people get active stay active and feel safe and that's just what it is
0: yeah i mean that makes sense right because like it's it's i think that's that's a different problem right it's like how do you manage growth Right. So some of those clubs started the same way. It's like, all right, well, now we have like these people who are trying to OTQ and these other people who are on the other end of the speed spectrum. How do we manage both of these? We have the elite team and we have like the the average James and Joes. Like how do that's like that's a completely separate conversation about like, how do you even manage that? Lord knows. I don't know how I would. I
1: have no idea. I haven't gotten there, but uh, (laughs) I don't think I'm going to get there anytime soon. Um, but I'm just stoked that it's that it's happening, and I'm really grateful that you know I used to really hate social media. I was very anti-social media when it first came out. I felt like it was like everyone just trying to out go out here and show up. And I think the more I, the authentic I became about what my intentions are, which is just running, um, it's giving me a little bit of a platform and. I'm grateful for that because I feel that that's the reason why people feel comfortable or willing to try coming out and running out here in the Valley. Um, So for that, I I guess I'm, I'm pretty grateful.
0: All right. So I'm going to be doing a coach's corner episode later this, maybe even later this week, but certainly later this month with two coaches talking about like heat training and stuff. And I know that we're not, cause that's not like the whole point of this conversation, but I, I'd be remiss if we didn't bring it up a little bit, like how you're in the Valley over there. It's um, hot as hell. Hot as hell, right? Hot how are you, hell. how are you managing? What, what are, give me some tips and tricks that you're dealing with because I know a lot of people are, I mean, except for, except for my folks who live in Houston, who've been dealing with this for over three months now, uh, most of us are, are starting to to, uh, to get into the heat season and it's funny because we all forget we all forget all the stuff that we learned last year and every other year and then we we, we dive into a new season and we're like I'm ready for summer and then the first hot day hits on a workout yeah, like you're like, like hundred. you're like I can't do this anymore and it's it's, 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 it's like we relearn the lessons every year.
1: It's well, I think, obviously, the basics, hydrating, drinking more water, making sure you're wearing your, you know, your hat and your sunglasses and whatever. The the basics are, are that. But, you know, out here in the Valley, we deal with it by running really early or running really late. So that's probably one of the ways that we manage that. We can't get away from the heat. I mean, it's most—it's mostly—it's hot here all the time, Um, but I think like we're kind of meant for that, and we adjust to that. One, I heard a runner saying we were on a trail, and she's like, "I'm like a solar panel. I, I, I have learned to just." accept the heat and it I uh, she's adapted so much she can run in 100 degree heat in the trails for 20 miles you know
0: i'm a vampire the sun comes out and i'm yeah. dust <laughs> I'm the opposite uh, i want to be a solar panel
1: that sounds great yeah so i think people in la especially in the valley people who have lived here i've lived here my whole life we kind of are a little bit like solar panels we can handle the heat a lot better but we just live in it constantly so but for those who don't i mean it just you got it you got it it's good to spend time in the heat so you to that or acclimate, acclimate to that. Um, and and we do that during the summer, too, with our training that coaches will say, hey, do a few runs in the heat so you get used to it,
0: right? How do you do – how do you – obviously, you're going to acclimatize to it and you're going to become a little more heat-adapted as the season progresses, especially as you deal with it, um, especially for easy runs or shoot, even for workouts. Like, do you – Pace alter depending on different weather conditions, and again, heat isn't the only factor. Obviously, if you're talking about a high dew point, especially if it's 66 or higher, you know how do you potentially alter things um, on the run, or you just kind of play it by ear?
1: I really play it by ear. I listen to my body. Sometimes my body's fine. I could run in 90 degree heat, and I've done a few trail runs in the heat, and I'm fine. And other days, I'm like, oh my god, I'm gonna faint this second. So. I adjust it to that and usually my easy days, I'm really trying to work hard. You know, I've heard so many of your guests on the show that really are like, you have to run easy and I struggle with that to this day and I've been running for 21 years and I still have a hard time. So when it's hard Sometimes like it's just that, not as
0: fun. It's just, I got to be honest with you. I just think it's fun running faster. I think that's the hardest part for me.
1: I think it's just hard running slower. It's like more time on your feet, You're pushing off the ground a lot slower. It's like harder. I think it's harder. Um, so with heat, I try to purposely run slower and be okay with running slower. And, uh, yeah, but mostly played by your, it's, it's hard for me to, it's hard. It's hard. I hear.
0: Do you race in the summer?
1: Yeah, I'm doing a race in, I'm doing the mountains to beach next week, but that's in Ventura. So that's going to be fine. And then I have two a trail race out here in the Valley, a trail race, a half marathon and a, t- and a 5k.
0: So what's the goal for mountains to beach? Didn't that get moved? Did that get moved? Yes. I feel like, it was yeah. supposed
1: to be this weekend. It got moved to next weekend. Why did it get moved a week? Okay, because the city said they didn't have enough police officers to help navigate the route because of Memorial Day weekend. Oh. So they had they didn't have enough Wait, security. Wait, I
0: understand. That's not a new holiday.
1: <laughs> I, I understand. Don't, I, I don't think I don't think that was a reason, but that was the reason they went with, or the excuse oh, okay. they went with.
0: Gotcha. All right. Yes,
1: I don't know. My goal. Okay, I ran a three twenty two. I don't, don't want
0: to throw shade at anybody, but it's not like we're all aware of Memorial Day. It's like it's basically like the official start of summer. Exactly for, the, for most people. Yeah.
1: I don't know why, but I don't know. I ran a three twenty two SEIM. I still I still struggle with a lot of self confidence with racing. Um, I think I could run a three eighteen downhill but i don't know pressure makes me anxious have you run this race i have run this race a long time ago
0: wow i've never seen you like this you're like (laughs) you're like clamming up (laughs) just just the expression on your face no one can see this but me but you're like you've completely shifted I
1: i get nervous you know i and i think that's why i've always loved running and i think i did not do so well in college because of like race anxiety i probably need to talk to a sports psychologist about it um yeah, I don't like pressure. So to me I'm like I'm just going to go have fun, but in the middle of it I'm like I'm going to you better go for right now. You better pass this girl. But if I say that out loud, I feel like it brings too much pressure. But okay, my goal is 3:15. That's my goal. Okay.
0: 3:15. Do you feel like the longer the race, the less pressure you may have because like like for a marathon like like sometimes like the one the one to eight potential like say bad miles can like can tank a race far more than like you know hitting your pace or going three seconds under can help a race right like it's right. like you know what i mean like you could hit pace hit pace hit pace and have like a bad mile like that bad mile might be like two minutes slower than your pace you're, like well that was two minutes instead of like a 5k where you're like oh i missed that mile by four seconds it's like oh that's too bad you know yeah. what I mean? it's just like there's this, this such such a vast margin for error potentially, Um, whereas, like, I feel like, you know, I was listening to, I think it was Scott Fobble's interview with Lindsey Hine this week. It was a really good conversation, but it was funny hearing Scott talk about, like, marathon pacing. Um, He's like, yeah, you know, I just viewed it as, like, first 20 miles are nice and smooth, and then I'll kick it in. The last 10K and he's talking about Boston. It was like a really weird way to talk about Boston for like most people because you're like, so we're just skipping over the hills in this, right. in, this <laughs> in this race strategy. Right. So, so we're just gonna flow. Um but uh but okay. it was kind of funny, but he was kinda like, yeah, and then I, I talked to my my running, you know, my, my my amateur running friends, you know, who were, you know, they're not pro, so they're running, you know, like two twenty um that's how he phrased it and it's kind of funny like oh just those people (laughs) oh my god just those people who would win every marathon in new england um but he was funny he was like yeah i I tell them all the time it's like the same thing for amateurs like you guys you know it's just it's it's the same thing and it was kind of funny because i was just i was just thinking about it in terms of um how a marathon pacing might work for people because when you have like this margin for error of like hey you want to hit your pace but at the same time like what if you if you if you kind of go into a race thinking like all right i'm just going to flow I'm just going to like just let it roll right easy plus pace I'm not going to strain I'm just going to like easy relaxed speed um if that sort of uh i guess mental framing of it could relieve the pressure i don't know
1: i don't know i think <gasps> I think there's always, okay, I think there's always pressure on my end with Mar- with Boston Marathon because I'm so, in, I mean, marathon racing is just because I'm so into the running community that everyone talks about. It's like, Did you get a BQ? Did you get a PR? And I, I don't know. It's hard to, or maybe it's just a me that I hyper-focus on all these conversations people are having, or maybe my friend group is changing and I'm having, you know, more level people having these conversations and that to them is so normal. And I'm like, is it really that serious? And I think internally it is, but um, I don't know like how, if I would feel any different with a marathon versus a half marathon, I think it's still the same.
0: All right. Let me ask you this question. Instead of mountains to beach, Mm -hmm. how would you feel in terms of like pressure or anticipation or like self imposed, whatever, if it was beach to mountains, Right. So you're like, okay, this is an uphill marathon.
1: Oh, like, hell. I'm not going like... to be able to
0: make an apples to apples comparison here. Right. It's <laughs> yeah. like, like, yeah, like, like would, would it, would it, would that just that shift? Yes. Would that ease the pressure?
1: Absolutely. I think so, because you're well, like, then, the f-
0: they're just taken away right now. That means it's self-imposed.
1: <laughs> it is self-imposed. You're right. <laughs> and I think that's why I'm looking forward to this, this 50 K that I'm going to do because I'm like, it's trail. The train's going to be crazy. I just want to finish. And just saying like, my goal is to finish is so much different than saying, I want to go for a course record, you know? But I, I think it is a self-imposed uh, inside of me, as much as I want to deny that I'm not competitive. I am very competitive. Um, you just won't hear me talking about it much. It's it's kind of the self talks I have with myself at night, or I'm writing in my little training journal, like "You gotta PR, you gotta PR." You know.
0: I don't know, man. I think the writer Jess Mena is like sabotaging the runner Jess Mena. You guys got to like, so. you gotta, you gotta I know, divorce we gotta each different.
1: other. We gotta divorce each other.
0: <sighs> Maybe not divorce. That's too hard of a word. You guys can like
1: <laughs> amicable, amicably separate. We to separate. separate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're gonna separate a little bit. But I'll I'm let you know. Putting you in
0: the friend zone, writer, but, uh, writer yeah. Jess.
1: Yeah, she needs to chill. She needs to chill. I don't know what it. I think maybe it comes from just like growing up and have, feeling this need to try to impress people. Or I, I've talked about this before. I've never been. I'm not a natural runner. I've always worked hard to be okay. And so, even in college and high school, I remember being like oh, you're good, but those girls are bad. And I'd be like, I think I can be as good as those girls. Like if you, I will show you that I can be as good as these girls. So I think I've carried those traits from maybe like, you know, self-conscious, you know, things of a young woman, but I need to let it go because I, I I, don't think it's that important.
0: Let me ask you this question. Say you were one of those girls.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Do so, you like really a fast think girl. that- Yeah, say you were the, say the fast girl at your school. Do you really think that you would have like had a different mindset or you just looked at someone else and been like, well, look at Jordan Hesse. Look at the time she's running. We're the same age. How come she's running that time and I'm not running that time? Like I feel like the goals, like I feel like that sort of stuff. Like because this happens happened to me. I don't even know. Callous times. We're like, <laughs> we're like, you'll get to a new place. Yeah. The place that you say you wanted to get to, even, and all of a sudden you have this other this other person in front of you.
1: That's right, true. like you
0: like, and sometimes it's a positive if like you can approach this the right way. And all right, like it's good to have goals and it's good to be driven and stuff like that. But there's also that other side of it where like all right, no, now you're you're just never going to be happy because you're going to keep like pushing the goalposts away.
1: That's true. You know what I
0: mean? And it's just like you're, you you get there and you're like, all right, new goals, and you're like, I'm not going to be happy now if I don't do X, Y, Z, and I'm not going like, all right, well, I, I qualified for Boston, but I goes third in my my age group got to get first in my E troop now and all that.
1: I think you're right. I think you're right. Cause I said, I wanted to be Q and I did be Q And then here I am going like, mm, I think I, I think I can go faster. And you
0: probably can. Right. But that's the hard part. Right. Cause you were like, that's the hard part. Because like that, what you said, like, all right, cool. Go for it. Right. Yeah. But at the same time, like, but how, right. So that's the hard part about goals. Right. It's like pursuing goals without judging yourself in the
1: pursuit. And that takes so much work, which we'll get into you around on like strengthening, nutrition. Damn, I to do all this A, B, and C to try to get there.
0: So true, so true. All right, let's talk about that. Shout out to Inside Tracker for sponsoring this episode. I got my Inside Tracker results back two weeks ago, so that I was able to learn concretely that there was Ooh. nothing wrong with me at the Eugene Marathon. <laughs> it was just the only thing wrong with me was me. I was what was wrong with me, <laughs> oh, not my, my blood work. Nothing. Everything was fine, except for my cholesterol. My cholesterol is abnormally high. My cholesterol is higher than the national debt. I will address that on a different episode. However, everything else was fine. So I was able to learn that I self-sabotaged, it turned out, at the Eugene Marathon, which was a really excellent feeling to figure out. But I will say, shout out to Insight Tracker. Thank you for the uh, the blood test because it was nice to say like, all right, there's something wrong with me. Why did I like feel like such garbage at the Eugene Marathon when I had such a good buildup? And it turns out, as I put a newsletter out today saying the same thing, but basically, I put so much time and energy and love and just excitement into the race weekend in terms of the live shows and the. the yeah, you
1: were living it up.
0: I was living it up. I you know, was I hanging out it. with my friend Peter Bromka was there and like we, we were having fun and we had like the shakeout run. And I was like got dinner with like Natalie Mitchell and her husband, Gerald and, and Peter and Jared yeah, and Jared. We, it, was, it was a, a fun Amazing. time all the way around. I know. I left. I basically borrowed all my energy that I needed on Sunday and I used it on Friday and Saturday. And I went into the race. I had nothing. <laughs> oh. And I was, I thought I was going to be fine. I thought that was going to energize me. It didn't. It actually robbed me. I robbed myself, which probably is probably a little it's bit. A, it's an easy, easy person to pickpocket yourself. But oh I'll gosh. tell you what. But like I, I, can't
1: to- wait. I can't wait for my results. I, okay, so I've worked with a sports nutritionist before and we did blood work, but not as in depth as I think I'm going to get this back. And I'm really excited to see what what's different or what's the same. But it's good to know, right? You're like, okay, what is it that I could have changed? And I think all the little things like that nutrition and strength training, what we're gonna talk about, can make a huge difference if there are deficits. So what happened to you is you had a good time.
0: Right, Well, I'll tell you what, it's nice to also get some of this done when you're feeling okay. Cause I think, cause I didn't race, I wasn't like coming off of a huge, like massive effort. So like sometimes getting these results you, you think like, Oh something's wrong. I'm gonna test. Turns out nothing was wrong, but actually I was a positive because now I can see the benchmarks for like, hey, this is this is normal range for me. Not just like testing every time time something feels bad. Right. Cause then it's just like you're just measuring like all the bad against each other.
1: Right, right, right.
0: And you you had like the mobile draw, right? Like I get to go to a lab. What did you what did you have going on over there?
1: No, I did have to go quest diagnostics.
0: Oh, okay. I thought you were doing I thought you did it at your house because I thought you said you like you sent it out.
1: Yeah, that's what I meant. My bad. Thought you were like no 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 I'm okay. not I'm, yeah I you know draw my own blood at home. Some
0: now. people get the mobile draw. That's why I was like oh, oh I gotta damn, talk that's about legit. this because like no no I'm no. Not, I did not I did not no I went to see see Rhode Island is not doesn't have Quest Diagnostics Quest Labs in it, but oh. it's so small that I literally drive 25 minutes. I'm in Massachusetts, so I was able to go to a lab there.
1: That honestly that concept still blows my mind. That you can just drive to another state.
0: But when I and this is just because I lived there, but like when I live I was growing up in this town called Barrington. It's right, in, it's like right next to Massachusetts. So like, if I went out to eat, it was in Massachusetts. It was in That's a different crazy
1: state. Crazy to me. That's bananas. I have to drive one hour or two hours away, and I'm like still in L.A. What's well,
0: Metro L.A. like? L.A. in the surrounding area is as big. I think. It's, I think it's from a population standpoint, It's it's bigger than I think it's 85% of the states in terms of population.
1: It's ginormous.
0: It's too big. It's too, you need more running groups. Uh, that's what need I'm more saying. Running i I
1: think that's, that's <laughs> my point. I feel like there's just so much room for this opportunity. It's just trying to find. I was a little brave. I was really scared, but I did it. And I'm happy.
0: All right. Shout out to Inside Tracker. Go to InsideTracker.com. Use code RamblingRunner. Save 25% and use code RamblingRunner. You want to know why? Because we want Inside Tracker to keep helping out the show. We need you people. You're gonna get the tests anyway. So just use the code. Save some money. That's right. Help us out. Let's right? go. help us out and help yourself out. Save yeah, some money. Help yourself. Learn what's wrong. And then if you're not feeling good about your cholesterol numbers, send them to me. I'll send you mine. You feel much better about yourself.
1: promise. <laughs> tag tag Matt so we can see your stuff too. I actually be curious. That'd be kinda cool. A cool study, don't you think?
0: Yeah, it's like they took they took my book. I think you could see the cholesterol in the vial.
1: Oh my god. You know what I mean? <laughs> You know, you oh ever see those
0: pictures of like, like the this is how it is right here in New England now. You know, the pollen count gets so high, you can see like the runoff in the river, and you can see like the yellow pollen kind of go into no, the river.
1: We don't have rivers out here, the desert, you know.
0: There you go. You'll see. Well, anyway, you can imagine That's this is what <laughs> the cholesterol was like in my blood vial. Um,
1: so oh my god, we got to fix, fix that.
0: We got to fix it. All right, with that said, let's talk about something near and dear to your heart and something that I'm trying to embrace strength training as a runner for people who don't know who haven't heard the other Jess Mina episodes give people a background your professional accolades so people know that you're not just you know someone who's into the vibe that you have some some professional professional reasons for this
1: <laughs> okay For people who don't know, I am a physical therapist out here in LA. I actually uh, specialize in orthopedics. I did an ortho residency and a sports fellowship. So I did a lot of training. Um, And of course, I naturally jumped into this profession because I love being active and I love helping people. And naturally, I think it's been a great place to, a great way to intertwine my love for running and my profession, which is therapy. So I talk about strength training all the time because I see people coming into the clinic all the time about being injured. They ran a marathon, weekend warriors, crazy stuff. And it really always comes down to there's just an imbalance. Are you strength training? No. Do you stretch? No. And I'm like, okay, well, uh, what were you thinking? Because, okay, this is the thing for runners. We're the most... uh, stubborn group of people that you will ever meet. The worst. And I can say it. Orthopedic doctors tell me that all the time. Primary physicians tell me that all the time. Hey, this person just ran 20 miles and they don't do any strengthening. And I'm like, what? This is crazy. Okay. I've said this so many times over and over again. I'll say it until I think I die. Okay. Running is very This is gonna
0: hard. be on your tombstone. Be ready. Right, yes, what are we, what are we is, putting on the tombstone?
1: The tombstone is <laughs> <laughs> running is hard on your body. Okay. Every time you land, it's three times your body weight. So three hundred plus pounds of ground reaction force from your foot. This is to gonna your be a spine. huge tombstone.
0: This is gonna be a huge tombstone. Tombstone. period.
1: <laughs> That in itself is, I think, is so important for people to understand. Um, And I hear, like, a lot of people that get injured more, like, novice runners, people who just do a lot of running. I'm going
0: to stop you right there. Interject on the tombstone. When people hear that stat, oftentimes they go to, because I've heard people talk about this stat, oftentimes they bring it up in the sense of this is why I need to lose weight. And I love that you use that stat. It's like, no, this is why you need to strength train.
1: Yes. Because even,
0: even the slimmest person in the world their ground forces is still three times their weight. And this right. is, I love how you use this stat for four strength training, not like, Hey, let's go on a fat diet. Let's cut that out.
1: Well, actually, and that's funny because I do have patients that come in and say, Hey, I'm trying to lose weight. And I'm like, what are you doing running? And I'm like, what the heck are you thinking? And of course I say it nicely. And you don't really ever say it to patients, but in my head, I'm thinking, look, if you're overweight, Running, it's not the thing you should be doing. You're just going to mess yourself up because now you're not only weak, you're overweight. So the ground reaction force is going to be even higher. And so the demand is much higher. And so the risk for injury is much, much higher for people who are trying to lose weight through running. So that concept has to shift a little bit. Um, I don't think we're going to get to that point. I think people, everyone knows running is hard. It hurts. You sweat real fast because most people can't run 10 minutes straight, right? But- I think for us who are in the running community, we have to understand, like, if we're going to be putting in five plus hours a week of running, you better be incorporating strength training. And if you don't, if you don't get injured now, you're going to get injured at some point. And I can probably bet money that that's going to happen.
0: All right. Before we get into it, let's just do a quick corollary since we brought it up. For the weight loss people, we're not saying don't run. If you need to lose weight or you're looking to lose weight or whatever, but just understand like, hey, you're going to be losing, you know, it's 100 calories per mile, basically. So if you've never run before, you're not going to run your way into the weight that you want, even if it's right. a healthy weight. You're going to do it by other means. If you want to run too, great. If you want to build up to it and you know, ease into it, and you can talk about that. But I don't want people to think like, oh, Matt Chinman just said, if I'm overweight, I shouldn't run like, and eh, no, 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 it's not what we're saying.
1: <laughs> I would, and you know what I would even say for those people who are trying to lose weight, the best way to do that is you have to hone in on your nutrition. One, you have to strength training. So you actually build more, you actually can burn more calories and more fat by lifting, right? And if you do a combination of nutrition, lifting and jogging, you probably won't have to run as much for you to feel like you're losing weight or getting healthier. So I think it's a combination. I, I, I do think it's it's helpful for you to run, but it shouldn't be the sole thing you should do to try to lose weight.
0: There you go, right. And you're setting yourself up to be sustainable because you're building the strength to go along with it. All right, exactly. let's talk about strength training. Before we do, I want to <laughs> give a shout out to my friend, Peter Bromka, who almost shamed me on Instagram, but he was nice enough to keep my name out of it. Um, but I'm going to insert <laughs> my name into it. Peter Bamka, one of the best runners in the running space, also um, a almost Olympic trials qualify Olympic trials qualifying marathoner who has run exceptionally fast and runs really really well all over the place. Um, I'm going to read this because it's annoying. It's not annoying. He said he said annoying, it. but it's funny because uh, I'm I'm in here but not named. All right, from Peter on his May 11th post on Instagram. Here we go. I haven't been as good about doing the little things, a friend remarked recently, and I was troubled because he was referring to strength sessions. At the risk of being annoying, I scream from the rooftops about lifting because it has served as the foundation of my progress for the past decade. It was the key that unlocked me from the torment of running injury. So there we go. Even Peter Bromka mentioning injury risk with strength training, I will say I was the friend. I was the annoying friend in this. Mm -hmm. Um, I know this because I was like, Peter, this sounds like a conversation we had recently. He goes, yes, you were the person I was referencing in that
1: post. There you go.
0: So as I said, I'm trying to embrace this. Jess, help me embrace this. Tell me about strength training for runners.
1: Where do I even start? Oh, my gosh. I don't know. I'm a huge advocate for it. I think strength training... Even though it's hard and difficult, you're already putting in time into your running program. Why not spend an extra 30 minutes, three times, four times a week, to help yourself either improve performance, reduce injury, help with correcting imbalances, help with running form? All there's so many benefits to it. Um, and I think kind of what Peter. Shout out to Peter. I'm a huge fan. I'm so jealous. You guys are friends, but um, he's amazing. And he hit it's it, uh, the okay. Remember that book that you guys talked about? Um, was it Run Like a Pro or something like that?
0: Oh, with uh, By Matt Benazario. Fitzgerald. Oh, yeah yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Okay. So they even talk about it, right? All the elites, they don't just magically lock in a whole bunch of miles and become fast. I mean, there's so much process that goes into being an elite athlete. And you don't have to be an elite athlete to do what elite people do, right? They eat well. They sleep they strength train and they run. So I think it's important for people to understand, like, no matter where in your training you are, you should always be doing some sort of strength training. Okay. But
0: Jess, I've never been injured. Dr. Mena, I've never been injured. Why do I need to strength train? I've never had injuries before. It's not that big of a deal. What? Why do I need to spend time doing this? Can't I just run more?
1: Yeah, you could run more, but if you want to improve your performance, that might be a way to unlock those PRs and B, or PBs, whatever you want. And I would say I haven't met one runner who hasn't been injured.
0: There you go. Also, big thing, right? It's like people who start upping their game in mileage, right? Mm-hmm. Someone goes from 30 to 45 to 55 as you're adding on the miles. Um, I know it's been like for me when I've done that, I've been at a greater risk for injury. And I think some people would assume like, hey, I'm running more. That means I'm like building the tolerance for running. No. Um, i'll just stop no
1: (laughs) no (laughs) no yeah no no yeah you have to you have to stress the muscle enough to actually develop some sort of endurance hypertrophy um and there there's a reason why there's a whole section of medical study in just strength training periodization like there's three phases mostly with with strength training if you really want to go through the phases it's a pre in season and then a peaking phase with strength training that goes in conjunction with running so as uh as you progress your miles your strength training actually changes and it becomes more dynamic right and you start adding more plyometrics so that your muscles become more elastic and they'll be able to handle longer bouts of of running or higher uh cadences and paces you know your body just doesn't from one day to another um get stronger like that. And sometimes it does. So some people, I mean, I have had some people who, Hey, I went more, you know, trail running and I feel like that, that helped. And I'm like, well, essentially you're kind of doing a whole bunch of lunges so that I could see that. But if you don't change up your routine, you don't add any weights or you don't add, you know, um, maybe Olympic lifting or plyometrics. I just don't see how that helps your running journey.
0: All right. So let's talk to people who, instead of Preaching to the choir, people listening to this, like, yeah, I already, I already lift, man. What do you want me, what do you want me to say? I'm already in that group, right? Let's talk to the people who either don't strength train. I shouldn't say lift because that has a a connotation to it, like, all right, going to the gym, put the rack on, here we go, game time, right? And that might be something that people want to do. However, I know it can be intimidating for other people. So whether it's strength training through various methods, right? People who either haven't or lapsed folks, people who, like, see, like myself, like there are times in my life where I do strength train a lot for, see, for hoops, right? For basketball, I strength train all the time. But for running, I haven't. So I'm not averse to it, but I know, I know all the exercises and I've done all of them, but I just haven't necessarily incorporated them or maybe this you know, fictitious person hasn't incorporated them into their running life, but they have done them in the past. So talking to those people, what are some basic elements or basic moves that they can do that will go a long way to providing not only the strength, but also the kind of, you know, like you mentioned, like the the corrective and balance movements and just the things that will help them with injury prevention?
1: I think the biggest takeaway and the biggest thing I could say to those people was one, okay, what most, I guess, beneficial exercises are the ones where you incorporate single leg Strengthening, right? Because when you're running, you're not on both legs; you're on one leg. So, you know, doing single leg RDL, single leg squats, hold on, lunges. You,
0: you, 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 you can't. You, no more acronyms.
1: Oh, single. We're talking oh, Russian to people deadlift. who have done this
0: before. They're Russian like, deadlift, single leg RDL. They'd be like, "That sounds like a <laughs> snack. Do I, I stand <laughs> yeah. on one foot and I eat something?"
1: Single, single leg Russian deadlift. So it's an eccentric hamstring exercise, and that's super important for when you're landing and pushing off the ground lunges or step-ups, super important for you pushing off the ground, right? Side planks uh, helps with rotational trunk stability. So when you're swinging your arms, you know, your trunk is strong enough to help support that so you don't develop back pain or sciatica symptoms. Um, even upper body, like bicep curls or alternating bicep curls, you need that. Your arms are moving, swinging hundreds of times when you're running. Some people get that burning sensation in their neck or their arms. You need to incorporate upper body as well. So I don't know. I mean, I think to me, you don't have to, you don't, the exercises don't have to be complex. Basic exercises are helpful. And you have to get to a point where, you know, you progress your weights or you progress your, your reps, you know, at the beginning, you're doing high volume, four sets of 20. As you get stronger, you start adding more weight to those same exercises. And maybe you're going, you know, three sets of 10 or 12. And then, uh, and I think it, this is where it you're going to get to a fork in the road where you're either, if you're training for competition and you're, you're, let's say you're trying to go for a BQ and you're really working on speed, you're going to have to incorporate Olympic lifting, cleans, jerks not necessarily, but kettlebell swings even, or something more dynamic, box jumps, single leg box jumps to try to give you that edge and economic efficiency for, for running.
0: All right, let's talk about that. So you kind of covered the whole injury prevention thing. We do these movements, make you stronger, help with imbalances. All right, that should help with some injury prevention. Now, people who have already doing that, they're feeling healthy. They understand the point of it. How does strength training actually make you faster as a runner, as opposed to like someone who does other sports, which maybe feel like they're more dynamic, they're lower to the ground, they're really, they're, they're, you know, significantly pushing off or they're jumping in the air, right? Things that are, they seem like more dynamic movements than maybe going for like, you know, a marathon paced, you know, six mile segment.
1: I think it's very similar, to be honest, because the same components are still present. Like when you're doing plyometric work, yeah, you're not going to you know, try to, you're not doing jumps in order for you to be able to jump higher, right? You're doing plyometric work to try to help your body train and store elastic energy so that you can pop off the ground faster and make your gait much more economic and efficient right or make your muscles and tendons stronger so when you're pushing off you have more elastic energy. So, I think the concepts of what sport it is might m- might change maybe the way that you or the direction of how you do exercises, right? But with with running plyometrics and Olympic lifting, they're just as helpful for a runner as they would be for a basketball player or a football player.
0: Right. And that's something that I think I know I didn't quite gather in the beginning, just like the whole the reason the idea that explosive power in my muscles was a contributing factor to speed. I thought of it more as just kind of like a genetic thing, you know, like, hey, you know, if you just keep running, then you'll just get faster. Right. That, that, that supplementing it wasn't, well, potentially helpful, wasn't a mandatory part of the process or it was kind of like if I ran enough, then that would cover that. Right. Like it wasn't going to be something that I would need to do. If I did it, great. If I didn't, eh, whatever. If you're running a lot, you're working hard, you're going to be fine. You'll figure it out. Maybe throw some hills in there. No, that'll, that'll, that'll solve the problem.
1: <laughs> no. And I think it's true though, because I, all you really have to do is really read a whole bunch of, and obviously blogs maybe are a little bit more subjective, but if you talk to a lot of people who really do incorporate all these strategies, strength strategies and plyometric strategies, they have nothing but good things to say about performance and how they feel right? And if it didn't work, right, I don't think a lot of people would be doing it. But I think it serves of such great value to a lot of people, especially people who want to really perform a lot better. Um, And even people who don't, but I think it's just a, yeah, obviously, as a, as a physical therapist, I see it from more of a, you know, injury prevention standpoint, but also as a runner, myself who wants to improve performance, there's a lot of value in that, in that aspect as well.
0: And you actually cover a good amount of this and a couple of your different, um, Instagram posts. I'm looking at one from July 4th, 2021, got leg day on there with a lot of the stuff here that we have talked about and some other posts as well. Let's see here. My go to quick runners, leg workout. Another one. So that was November 6th, 2021. You got a bunch of posts on your go scroll through Jess's Instagram and you're going to see a bunch of posts and I with, videos, I say, with videos, with not, videos. I say with
1: videos these are just videos' not not
0: lists of things that you may not know about so hop on there folks
1: and I and I think I need to do better about that because I think um bringing it back and I, I kind of go through my phases too where I just go through the motions and like today another one
0: on January 10th don't skip yeah. strength days for runners you got yeah. you got a whole <laughs> bunch of run you got a whole bunch of videos on here too for this one
1: I try to advocate even when I go out to the runs and tracks are like hey You know, my hamstring hurts and I'm like, man, are you doing hamstring exercises? You're probably not, huh? No, I knew it.
0: Do you actually have that conversation? Or are you like one of those people who like, they're, you know, like, I don't want to take my work home with me. I'm just going to chill over here.
1: Okay, I'm going to admit something and I don't want anyone to judge me about this. But I feel, I feel the greatest joy and complete joy with my career and what I do when I work with runners. And I think that's probably what's kept me in the field.
0: How would people judge you? You're not a running podcast. I How would people I, negatively I, judge you for that. It's like, I, I don't know, want anyone to judge me, No, <laughs> but I help a lot of people. Don't judge me. I help a and lot of people.
1: And it's funny because I had that conversation at work and I struggle with work a lot where I feel unhappy a lot of the times because I see a lot of populations that, you know, I love helping people, but it's not my passion. And so when I see runners, I mean, I tell, I tell doctors, I tell orthopedic doctors and they all know, send Jessica, all the runners. All the athletes, but especially the runners. I love working with runners because I get it. I understand it. I understand how stubborn they're going to be. I know they're not going to do their exercises. I love emailing them. I love bugging them. I love being annoying. I love, I want to be the annoying person in their head that goes, you shouldn't be doing your exercises. That's me for runners. That's what I want to be.
0: That's where we're going to leave it off. Jess, thanks again for coming (laughs) on. I appreciate it.
1: No problem. Thanks for having me. Can't wait to come back
0: jess thank you so much for hopping on i love this collaboration so much every month i get to talk to jess it's a great month that is for sure also big shout out to Inside tracker go to inside tracker.com today and use code rambling runner to save 25 percent on your orders that's a huge number go over there today use the code it helps you it helps us what's better than that thank you so much for listening and happy running Enterprising in my surroundings, I'm finding the quietest estates these days.
1: This representation of song brewing. I'm amazed that the focus remains. The vocal focal point of my change. I'm trying to show this industry.